There is a brand new documentary out on Netflix right now. It's called MH370, The Plane That Disappeared. It is a three-part docu-series that chronicles a variety of theories on what may have happened to MH370. I have to say right off the bat, it is an incredibly well-made docu-series. They managed to speak to almost everyone involved. We've got representatives from MAS, the Malaysian government, faces both of us are very familiar with because obviously we saw them in the news every single day. They spoke to members of the families involved, not just on the Malaysia side, but also in China, in Australia. They speak to all kinds of experts. And it seems like the objective of this series, because that was what I was wondering going into it. I was like, what was this going to be about? Because obviously we don't have any answers. And so it feels like the objective of the series is to lay out all of the possible options as to what went wrong. The big thing to sort of point out is that a lot of the documentary is based around the research and writing of aviation journalist Jeff Weiss. And the series is very well broken down into these three episodes, which are essentially the three theories that Jeff Weiss has. As much as at times some of those theories may come off as him being a bit of a kook, none of it is conspiracy theory style things, right? It's researched. Some of the theories may include big leaps of imagination. They may include big assumptions, but none of them are particularly... They aren't outside the realm of possibility. And I think that's why... I don't believe Jeff Wise is a kook because I think in the face of what we know about MH370, which isn't very much, we don't have solid facts or evidence either way. And so when you start building theories based on what you have, you have to add a little speculation. That speculation will take you in different directions. And what's interesting about Jeff Wise as a character in this story is that he realizes the shortcomings of his theories as well. But when faced with the lack of hard evidence, then you have to posit other possibilities. It doesn't come off as him doing it for for fame and fortune. It's just a, here's a mental exercise that I've gone through. Okay, you've told me it's not possible. Cool, but some of it is. And I, I like that approach to it. Watching this thing took me right back because obviously about three or four months of my life as a journalist was dedicated to this and nothing else. It was MH370 and then MH17 and covering this story meant that I ended up speaking to about 30 or 40 experts, reading all of these books on plane crashes and trying to understand, not get to the root of what happened, but trying to understand what happens when a tragedy like this takes place. Right. There was a false narrative almost that was peddled to the Malaysian media of don't speculate, don't make up things that's disrespectful to the victims' families, etc., etc. But of course, if there's anything we've learned over the last nine years, it's that the families are as frustrated as everyone else, if not more. And they don't buy the theory that the flight just ended in the South Indian Ocean. Yeah, That's why a docuseries like this is important, to put all of those theories in place, however improbable they may seem at the time, 
at least there are these possibilities because even when we were covering the news, so many announcements felt premature. It felt like the prime minister and the government wanted to move on from this. And so when Jeff Wise goes, yes, this is the first time in history that they've declared people dead in a plane crash purely by virtue of mathematics, it does seem somewhat ridiculous. The other thing is that that statement may sound glib, but at the time I remember thinking, oh no, okay, I guess that makes sense. The math works out. But nine years later, you just go, that's not right. It almost requires a certain sense of distance to the moment. I'm speaking as someone who wasn't involved in it in any way, shape or form. This documentary does a very good job of placing us back nine years ago, reminding us of the confusion that was around, reminding us of the drip information that we got or weren't getting, the repeated press conferences of literally saying we don't have anything today. Thank you. It reminded us of the sheer ineptitude of Malaysian authorities when it came to dealing with this crisis, right? Yes. All of this information is out there. But unless you've spent time looking for it and researching it, you're going to be reading it in dribs and drabs. I read Jeff Wise's book recently, which I think is the primary source for this documentary. And it's very interesting because there was even information there that I was unaware of. And so the idea that Inmarsat data not ever being used to track a plane in this way, somehow then being extrapolated to give an approximate location, even upon Inmarsat's admission, is not going to be completely accurate. And so there were all of these questions about even the sources that they were using to come to those conclusions that were problematic. Because a lot of the time, especially at every anniversary, there is a statement from the families. And you can understand their frustration because to them, it doesn't feel like any new conversation or any new information is going to be forthcoming because this is pretty much done and dusted in the minds of the authorities. Yes. And when you read all of the extra data and information surrounding the case, you begin to understand why there is that frustration because they're like, it is not 100%. There is still so much uncertainty as to what happened. We just go back to that basic statement, which is a fact. Planes don't just disappear. As much as there were 200 plus souls who lost their lives that evening, there are countless others who are related to these family members that are still waiting for any kind of information. But even the information we were given about MH17 from the government turned out to be wrong. There was an independent group that yeah. had an investigation. They have a podcast out. It's a very comprehensive investigative piece on what happened to MH17. I believe the Dutch yeah. courts recently released a statement talking about how Putin was directly involved in the supply of those arms. And so there is one theory that involves the Russians. And of course, a part of me always wonders if the Russians are back to being the convenient bad guys in popular culture and in these situations because of Ukraine, because of Putin, and because of everything that's happening in the world right now. But at the same time, there is enough at least circumstantial evidence to kind of build a theory around it. And so the documentary kind of goes through three theories, right? 
One theory is that it could be the pilot hijacked the plane and committed mass suicide. Of course, that's been kind of debunked. And of course, that was one of the most unfair things that happened over this whole process because you had newspapers like the Daily Mail and all of these shitty tabloids running these horrible hit pieces on the pilot without any real actual evidence. Yeah, but even on that, at the time, the Malaysian government were happy to let that go because it sort of gave them an excuse to not be completely culpable to the situation, I think, or at least in their response to said situation. Jeff Weiss kind of rules that out because there was no real solid evidence as to his declining mental health or otherwise. Also, in the past, nobody who has kind of committed mass suicide has flown a plane for six hours before crashing into the ocean. The second theory is the Russian hijacking using MH370 or using a Boeing 777 for a terrorist attack in the future could be also as a distraction for the war in Crimea. There's a whole bunch of theories about that. And then the third theory, which feels a lot more conspiratorial about American intervention and that there being certain secret items on board the plane. And then, of course, it was hijacked and taken to Diego Garcia and all of this stuff being some geopolitical cold war between the US and China. Yeah. That feels a little bit like a Tom Clancy novel, but at the same time, when you lay out the evidence, it's very easy for you to craft a narrative in that direction as well. So I look at it this way. I think when there is a lack of concrete evidence and there is a lack of any kind of truth or fact, then it is human nature to start constructing these theories because we crave explanation. I think it's something you said earlier that that this documentary does very well in that it shows you that there are so much circumstantial evidence that you can draw those lines everywhere. The only lines you couldn't draw to were aliens, essentially. You know, everything else is not necessarily proven, but you can get to a thing with just maybe one or two logical leaps. Let me tell you, Bahe, CNN went there. CNN went to aliens. They went to stargates, alternate dimensions. God knows the global cable news network needs constant fodder to talk about. If not, they just start making shit up. In a lot of ways, I'm glad that this documentary avoided all that. It avoided the stupidity of essentially the world in 2014, 2015. In that sense, I think it was very academic and I think it was very journalistic in its execution. And I really thought it was necessary. Hmm. Going into this, I wasn't sure if it was necessary. But I think if you want an overview, a comprehensive overview of everything that people are saying about MH370 nine years on, then... This documentary does a very good job of compiling all of that information and giving it to you in one place. And there was a big concern about how this documentary would turn out, about if it's going to go down the hardcore conspiracy stuff. Is it going down the, oh, this was this guy's fault? And then it was, no, it was that guy's fault. It's researched enough that none of it feels too much off the deep end. Everything that's said here is kind of stuff that we've spoken about at some point or we've read about at some point. Yes, it's true. There was a severe lack of information at the time. Our government had absolutely no idea how to communicate in a crisis. 
And to be fair, it's not just our government. I remember reading these books about plane crashes and a crash could happen to the same company within the period of a couple of years and they would have all of this documentation ready. But in the face of it happening, everything goes to shit. There is something about our psychology where suddenly the same things repeat itself. The families aren't told enough. They're left out of the loop. Everyone thinks that information is being hidden. A lot of the time, people don't even have the information to hide. But all of this happens because of the chaotic nature of something like this. And I think this documentary does a good job of painting that picture. It does give us a very good overview of everything that happened. I think it's required viewing. I definitely do. I think it'll also just make you angry at the Malaysian government again, lah, because I'd forgotten all of the bullshit that happened at the time. It's what's also interesting is that they avoided a lot of other bullshit that we as Malaysians know about what was going on at the time as well, which I, appre I don't know if I say I appreciate, but I think it was important to leave out only because it would then detract from the narrative of a well-researched piece. I've got quite a few pilot friends and I think even for them, it's incredibly terrifying because they tell me that every plane crash, every incident on a plane makes aviation safer because concrete steps are taken after each and every incident to make sure that never happens again, whether it's caused by a mechanical failure or even human error. But with MH370, the lack of information, not knowing where the plane is or what happened, means that it could happen again. Because nothing can be done to prevent something like this from happening again. I think it might end up being one of the enduring mysteries of our time. But the fact that it's so close to home still feels unreal at times. Those four months were crazy four months. I mean, and, and that's a crazy four months for us as Malaysians, let alone people who are involved in aviation in Malaysia and the Malaysian airlines themselves, right? It was a... I remember there were serious conversations about if this would kill the airline, if this would mean people will never fly those airlines again. It almost did. One of the questions I have is, I wonder why it's coming out on the ninth anniversary and not the 10th. <laughs> the 10th feels like just a... Because it's what we do, man. We celebrate things in denominations of 5 and 10. So why 9? That makes no sense at all. I'm not going to speculate. I just think it's a weird number to do with. MH370, the plane that disappeared, is now streaming on Netflix. We think you most definitely should watch it. We've been trying to reach out to the makers of the documentary to speak to us about it. We'd be very interested in the whole process, but we've had very little luck via Netflix or otherwise. So Louise Malkinson, if you are listening to this by any chance, reach out. Give us a holler. We'd love to talk to you. You've done very good work. We want to speak to you about it. Let us know what you think once you've seen this documentary. GogglerMY, all of our social media feeds. You can also email us on podcast at goggler.my or send us a WhatsApp on the Goggler hotline, 012-524-5208. If you drop us a line on any one of those platforms, we will also give you a link to our brand new Discord server where you can talk to us in real time. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Goggler Podcast.